following episode of Critical Weave Theory has mild references to pedophilia and sexually suggestive language. I feel like that makes it sound worse than it is, but anyway, it's just for your safety. Um, without further ado, please enjoy. Onto the same trap, like the Oriental trap that we were just talking about, but like, just like it's it's like a bigger industry in Japan than it is here in the States. So I was very happy about that. And they were like, okay, that's cool. And the reason why it's my second favorite interaction with them, because immediately after, I watched The Rising of the Shield Hero. And, like, the rest is history. Because <laughs> that pissed me off so much. I actually birthed an entire um, essay persona into existence. Um, uh, uh. Okay. Poggers. <laughs> what a transition. What a transition. What a transition. Like, I like... Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. How's everyone doing? I ask as though anyone can <laughs> respond to an audio recording. It is, it is a message through time that we are sending into the future of, what, like four days? <laughs> We're recording this on Saturday. Um, well, actually, it's Saturday for me. It's like Sunday for you. Weird. Anyway, um, yeah, this is uh, the fabled um, vibe podcast, uh, Take Two. If you don't know why, no big deal. Um, we are, we have this podcast and uh, another one before we uh, take a break for December. And we'll be back in January with um, more amazing CWT content. So uh, thanks so much for sticking with us. Yeah. Um, these few episodes, I have no idea how many we ended up actually doing have been i think pretty enlightening um sort of in figuring out what our capabilities are how much we can do to like account for our all stuff so this was a pretty good test run of cwt and it'll be nice to be able to apply everything we learned come the new year yeah um i'd like to take a moment to uh thank uh, our patrons, but especially uh, the patrons who uh, pledged recently or updated their pledges, because um, thanks to you guys, we now do indeed have enough of a like monthly revenue coming in to make looking for a podcast hosting service uh, viable. So thank you so much. It's um, amazing. We love you all. Yeah. Um, by January when it comes back it's going to be like a whole new thing we're going to have a bunch of new stuff planned Um, I'll do the transcriptions finally (laughs) Uh, yeah I've been really there's a backlog Um, but yeah it's like the new year is going to be such an amazing time for CWT I really love doing this Um, Raghava really loves doing this yeah Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah 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 um shall the vibes commence uh, or is there another important announcement um the other important announcement is about our 
Darling in the Franks. That's right. The Darling, the fabled Darling in the Franks episode. Would you like to tell us all about it? Darling, sorry. I need to do it. It's very fun. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh, we are planning, and there will be also another announcement on this. Um, but we are planning uh, this Friday to do a special uh, live episode of CWT. Uh, which is just uh, me uh, tearing into Darling and Franks with Raghava for as long as we can possibly make it. Uh, we'll probably talk about concession too a little bit, but um, I think given uh, the positive response I, of how I think we're going to talk about conception too a lot. Oh yeah, not necessarily because, because it's well, it, they are comparable, but that's not why we're talking about conception too, right? We're talking about conception too because it's really fun to just dig into conception too <laughs> it's fun um, but cursed um right like absolutely we you could talk about darling in the franks without talking about conception and conception too and apparently we're told there's a third one but like why right yeah, where is the, the joy in one. your life right <laughs> so um that's going to be uh indeed the last episode for the uh before the break um so if you are uh if you're interested in stopping by um make sure to follow me on twitter i'll have uh the information for when and also check on this channel because uh we'll also give you the information for when it's going to be and how that's going to work um, or you could join the discord oh yeah that's or you could join the discord um wait this is so cool i can say look at the link now and then i'll edit in the actual sushi thing that i usually edit except at that specific spot and it'll be like amazing cool. yeah Alrighty. um so let's vibe what have we been up to lately besides uh well i think in our last vibe episode right we had a really great talk about darker than black oh yeah um i want to kind of talk about it again uh for no reason other than um today uh, a member of our discord server asked what our anime of the year was oh, and yeah. my gut response was to answer darker than black even though it did not air this year that's kind of depressing. <laughs> what do you mean that's kind of depressing? That's just because I'm a... Um, another thing... I don't know. So, Dark and Black interests me. I want to talk about it as it relates to Hero Hay. Um, that mo <laughs> Wait, I can call him a motherfucker. This is my show. That motherfucker... <laughs> Yeah, talk to me about it. Um, yeah. Because uh, uh, you've seen more Hero Hey than I have. Yeah. Uh, what was my... By which I mean you've seen it at all. Because I, I can't I can't not every once in a while I check in. Wait, let me just like... Let me open his channel so I can, <laughs> so I can roast this dude. Um, but yeah, but basically Hero Hey is a tasteful um, uh, Japanese culture channel. Uh and by that, I mean, basically, he never actually talks about anime. Like, this is weird. Like, 
even even like I I I am like an explicitly political content creator, and like this 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 podcast is putting all of the politics into all of the anime, but we do talk about anime, like we did. <laughs> we're gonna talk about Darlene. I mean, we're gonna talk about Darlene Franks on Friday. We're gonna talk about Dark and Black right now. Uh, we're we're uh. We've already talked about Black Lagoon. Like, I do episodes, and I do things on anime. But, like, Hirohei has never once made a video about anime. It's always, like, weird, like, culture stuff. Like, okay, let's, let's, let's look at his channel. But right I now. think there is something, like, there is something worthy of note and respect about someone who, like, legitimately talks about culture. Um, and like what that means, but like all of his culture stuff is just fake, made up bullshit. Yeah, and it's bullshit specifically to like agitate fascism, <laughs> and that sounds weird. <laughs> that sounds like like how do you agitate fascism just by talking about how bad Ruby is, or how do you agitate fascism by like talking about Uzaki Chan or whatever? And and how he does it, it's it's it, how he does it is the uh, terminally stuck in twenty fifteen uh, strategy of just like vaguely gesturing. So first of all, you start with um, a fan base that has um, uh, very little going on in their lives other than their one hobby, which is liking anime, and then you say. <laughs> All the people who are, all the people who are trying to uh, ruin anime are uh, this like secret uh, cabal of like um, SJW activists uh, who hate you, and uh, suddenly bada beam bada boom um, to defend uh, the sanctity of your right to like anime girls with big boobs, um, you are suddenly like thrust into this rabbit hole of like well. Um, uh, I don't like anything that's PC, which of course means uh, you're like anti-socialist, um, you're anti-anti-racist, which is just racist, um, you support like, uh, it's, it's, you have to have seen his videos, I think, for this to make any sense. I um, think a thing I want to draw a comparison with is this idea of um we talked about manufactured consent in a previous episode oh yeah and i think a lot of this is very true about the way in which hirohei and his ilk talk about weebs mm -hmm. where it's like weebs destroy crunchyroll which if you think about it for even one moment, considering how much, how big of an institution Crunchyroll is and how much it makes, right? Mm -hmm. It's absolutely ridiculous that, like, weebs as a whole are destroying Crunchyroll. Of course, the critical point of nuance to note is who are we defining weebs as? For example, is defining weebs as people who, if Hirohe is defining people, uh, is defining weebs as people who agree with his points. Of course, by definition, weebs agree with his point. And a lot of it is sort of like cultivating an audience, cultivating an opinion. And in a sense, this sort of metaphorical astroturfing of making 
his perspective seem more prominent and more, I want to say, relevant, popular. Right. Yeah, like, that's the thing. If you define... This reminds me of the whole... Uh, so there'll, there'll be content warnings at the beginning of this, uh, as we usually do, but I want to make like a special note here for like um, kind of uh, harmful language coming up. Um, but there was a whole, um, on one of the, the anime meme subreddit, um, there was a whole thing where the moderators banned um, uh, a harmful word used to refer um, to trans people. Um, and... Uh, a lot of people, including Hirohe, but like a lot of people in that subreddit, they like lost their their they lost their shit over not being able to use this word. Um, and I, I guess I can talk about this without actually using the word. So I don't know. Uh, we'll see how this looks like in the in the final version. But um, they like they lost their shit over not being able to use this word, right? And the thing that they said over and over again is people like our community likes using this word. It's people from outside the community that don't like it. But, like, the only people in anime spaces who care about using or not using this word are trans people who watch anime. They're, they're in the community by definition. Like, no, no, like, trans person who, who, who hasn't seen anime is going to, like, enter into a fucking subreddit and then go, like, stop using this word. It's trans. It's it is a part of the community. So like, what Hero Hey will do is he'll define a way like marginalized people and mm -hmm. leftists from weepdom. He'll basically say like the only real weaves. Like if you're trans, you can't be a real. Weave. Well, if you're a woman, well, you can't be. A well, real weave. I would if any of the stuff bothers you. You can't modification be a real weave. to that idea of if you're trans, you can be a real weeb as long as you're okay with using transphobic language. Or if you're a woman, you can be a oh, real yeah, weeb. You yeah. just have to agree. It's it's such a really... Uh, I did a thread on representation a while ago, and I'm still incredibly proud of it. It's my pinned mm -hmm. tweet. Um, but it was a good thread. It, it's that same idea of marginalized people can be accepted into these people at the effectively crypto fascists view of what weeb culture is on the contingent that they assimilate into that hegemony right yeah here's a so there's this one uh video that's really good <laughs> you know it's, it's bad of course everything on this dude's fucking channel is bad um but he had this video uh uh based oh, no. japan <laughs> Uh, that he released. Did on the we never talk November, about? By right? the way, did we never talk about the Orientalist defense? We'll get to. Oh, it. this is the perfect. I guess time, we didn't. Uh, we'll get to it. Yeah. So I'll explain what the video is first, and then uh, we'll we'll uh, keep going. But basically, base Japan is the the one fucking clip from Konosuba. If you've seen my Konosuba, um, if you've seen Volume Two of Bullshit No Yusha, or you've like been around anime spaces you know which clip from of konosuba it is it's the one from season two when uh, Me uh megamin one of the female characters and uh, kazuma the main character they get back from fighting frogs and they're like covered in slime and they both want to go to the bath uh and uh kazuma wants to go to the bath first um, and megamin says um uh shouldn't i go first since it's ladies first and kazuma goes on this whole rant 
where he's like, uh, I believe uh, in true gender equality. I have no patience for one who talks about female privilege when it suits them and then complains about not being a man when it's convenient. And all these fucking two-bit uh, low-life fucking <laughs> absolute... Um, uh, I, I don't want to use... <laughs> I, won't, I won't. I won't. Okay. But just like these like really infuriating people will like jack off to this scene i guess at night just like oh yeah that's so cool that's so base oh my god he really put he really put that woman in his place this is just like what feminism is oh oh yeah and like every once in a while some channel or other will repost this scene onto youtube and it'll get like a couple thousand views and all the comments all the comments, all the time, are just men. Like, oh yeah, real gender equality means I get to hit woman. And it's like, <laughs> ugh. Right. So, that's the clip. Um, uh, Hirohei, uh, being even more uh, incompetent than that, what he does is he posts <laughs> not the video, <laughs> but just him talking over the video about how it's funny. And then he picks out one of the comments that says, um, actually, in Konosuba, you're not supposed to idolize Kazuma, guys. He's he's a loser on purpose, guys. It's satire. You're not supposed to identify with Kazuma, which I think is like... <laughs> it's a list of very um, untenable positions, yeah. It is, but like, it's better than actually just being unironically sexist, and, and he just kind of laughs at it, right? Um... But you can kind of see, like, this video is not meant to be good. Like, what, what the video does it is, is it essentially offers, like, a platform for people who are right-wing to, like, agitate mm -hmm. them, right? So he doesn't, like, say mm -hmm. anything. Okay. Um, you know, I, I was just saying sorry because, like, I hit play by accident and then I heard Hirohei's voice. And I thought you were talking, so oh, then I no. stopped. And then I okay. Anyway. Oh, no. Have I fallen? <laughs> you guys don't sound the same. I just, you don't sound the same. It's just like when I heard someone talking, I like reflectively stopped. Um, but Hirohei doesn't do um, any of the political stuff. He just says, uh, he just, he he's just asking questions, you know, right? Isn't it totally funny and cool, the scene from Konosuba? And then, hey, look at this SJW. He disagrees. Isn't that lame? Anyway, see you guys for the next video. And then all the comments, all the comments. Uh, if you hate women or men, you're sexist. If you hate both, you're an advocate of true gender equality. They hated Cosmo because he spoke the truth. Cosmo is a true advocate of gender equality. True gender equality is something only Cosmo would be able to bring. They hate him because he spoke the truth. I yearn for true gender equality. We all do, sure. Cosmo is pathetic. Isn't the whole point of the show that everyone is pathetic, including the woman? It's it's interesting, right? <laughs> We've talked about this before. Um, yeah, but how mm -hmm. uh, 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 Konosuba preserves its uh, power structures and relationship dynamics between characters. Um. So. We wanted to talk about the Orientalist defense, yes? Yeah. Mm. You, so you can launch it. The Orientalist that. defense is a thing I've come to claim in which uh, right wing reactionaries use the language barrier and their minimal understanding 
of cultures other than America to make Japan seem like a right wing holy ground. Uh, we see this in which we talk about the base mm-hmm. Japan with the Kazuma Konosuba clip, right? No person, uh, thinking rationally would ever, like, look at a clip from, like, a TV show, right? Like, imagine someone just watched a clip of Blue Bloods, the fascist propaganda TV show, and was like, yeah, all Americans think what's in this one TV show. And especially with something right. as niche as anime, right? It's incredibly difficult mm-hmm. to even like observe a single anime and be like, this anime is reflective of a broader culture. But what the Orientalist defense will sort of do is it'll say, well, you can't critique this anime for being sexist because that's just how Japan is. Japan is just sexist. That's what it is. Um, and right. there's a lot of things that does one, it erases the work of actual feminists living in Japan because those people do exist and two, it feeds into mm-hmm. right-wing propaganda narratives by like fascists within Japan itself yeah, that's the that's really um, <laughs> that's really the big thing uh, because it, it this is kind of um, I, I I don't like obviously I don't live in Japan or speak Japanese but I have um, I have like watched a couple of interesting videos if I can find them I'll put them in the description um, uh, but there's like there are videos of like people who like moved to Japan and like live there and they talk about like how like otaku are like seen in Japan. And it turns out that a lot of, like, the negative stereotypes that people have about anime fans in the States, people also have those same stereotypes in Japan. That, like, <laughs> that like a lot of anime is made for, like, weirdo, like, misogynist men who kind of just stay in their room and, like, have, like, their 500 figurines and they don't know how to interact with people. And they, they like, have really bad relationships with women that make everyone uncomfortable. Like... Those attitudes exist in Japan as well as in the United States because it turns out <laughs> no matter where you are, um, writing that like dehumanizes, uh, devalues, and decommodifies 50% of the population does that like everywhere. <laughs> and people who are not keen to that no matter where you are pick up on it. And people who are keen to that no matter where you are don't. It's like it's it's as simple as that. Um, just the absolute uh, racism in just saying that like like oh japan is like it's just like a primitive and backwards place where they don't believe gay people are people you can't criticize that fuck you <laughs> that's not true and yes i like, can there are like, literally <laughs> like gay uh, lgbtq plus people in japan like fighting for rights and acceptances who are you to say that they like don't exist and obviously the only reason they can say this is because they're talking about a foreign culture and deliberately exoticizing it like a shield like against criticism um well both as a shield against criticism but also um uh, i think like the uh the the logical the logical extension that i've seen 
uh, from this is like the logical okay the logical conclusion that I've seen from like this Orientalist attitude is not actually from Hirohei but like from a different although I think maybe less overtly fascist but like a different uh, YouTube channel called Clownfish TV which. <laughs> Uh, I have to, I have to, I still have to deal with this, but, um, they, <laughs> they featured one of my articles in one of their videos recently, <laughs> which was very funny to me. I lost it. I was having such a good time. Um, but, uh, their whole, they do a similar stick to Hero Hey, this is a very profitable business, but their whole thing is that essentially like Western culture is like, um, on the decline and like western uh western media is like it's all like cucked and terrible and like um uh run by like cultural marxists or whatever and so uh the only media that we can enjoy that's left um is is japanese media and so we must protect it at all costs from the same social forces here in the west that ruined our once great movies and tv it's such like a weird and like nonsensical position um to hold i don't <laughs> it's like it's just so detached from reality like when i see these like fucking uh i shouldn't say white i don't know if they're white or not but like when i see these fucking like 20 year old like fucking <laughs> regular ass people who just live in the states talking about how like um, the West has never produced anything good, and, like, Japan this, and Japan that, and the Japanese don't know, like, you don't speak the language, you've never been to the country, you literally only know this culture from what is essentially, like, a, a, a niche market, it, in a country thousands of miles away from where you live. What are you doing? What are you doing with your life? <laughs> what... <laughs> What is this? How does this make any sense? It doesn't, of course. It's just it's just racism, and it's just racism weaponized to like, uh, to like pedal fascism is what you're doing. Like when you pedal all this like anti-socialist, like uh, uh, racist, like sexist, like P uh, anti-PC shit. Like all you're doing is helping fascists. And if that sounds harsh, and you don't like fascists, you can just stop. You can you could have any other political persuasion. You can have our political persuasion. It doesn't really matter. Just stop doing this one. Yeah. Um. So that's our talk about. That was fun. Let's let's keep, let's keep vibing. vibing. Um. So what we did a while ago was um when we had done our last vibe episode, uh, we started by looking through. Um, uh, there was this meme going around on Twitter called Describe Your Favorite Anime in the Most Boring Way Possible. We talked a while about Hirohei, but I feel like talking about Hirohei is itself um, not doing justice to what we would really like to talk about, which is Dark and oh, Black. Yes. Much more pleasant. Uh, so... Where do we even start with Dark and Black? Um, so Dark and Black, uh, we actually have an interest. I actually have a minor, uh, side note I want to do. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so my, the first anime I ever watched was Dark and Black. Um, it was like 2 a.m. It was in India. 
uh, and I couldn't sleep, I think because of jet lag. I just landed, and I was bored. So I turned on the TV, and it was turned to Animax, and I watched episodes four and five of Dark and Black. Um... When you introduced me to Dark and the Black, I'm pretty sure you introduced me on episodes four and five for this exact reason. I, I, I think we've like so. Mo and I binged the entire entirety of Dark and the Black like a couple of summers ago um, because I wanted to write an essay about it at that time, and like a lot of my writing projects, it's still on the firmly the to do list. Uh, but I want to briefly take a moment to ask, Hey Mo, what was your first anime viewing experience? Oh man, I'm gonna... You know, I've actually been... I've always been a little insecure about this. Because the thing... And I, I, shouldn't, well, I shouldn't be. No, people definitely... You shouldn't be insecure about this at all. People definitely respect you way more as an anime fan than they respect nah, you. <laughs> you should say that. But I guess the thing that I was... That I've always um, uh, been worried about reactionaries doing with my work. And to be honest, something that they have done is basically say, like, you're not allowed to be upset about a thing. You're not allowed to have an opinion about a thing because you're, like, not, like, a real anime fan because you haven't been in the process long enough. There's, um, you could write a whole essay about this. But, like, there's a whole uh, trend of, like, weebs who will basically, like, say, like, all, like, the most problematic aspects of anime um, can basically just be explained away if you're in the culture long enough. So, like, if you're in the culture long enough... Well, I mean, if you're in the culture long enough to just, like, accept it, Yeah, so, like... You just become used to it. Yeah, so, like... um, Like, the meme is always, like... Like, uh... Like, weird ships, like, incest or whatever. Um, But what it really is, is, like... Like, for example, like, female objectification, like, fan service, or, like, um, or, like, a lot of, like, the transphobia that we were mentioning earlier, and, like, stuff like that, things that, like, mm-hmm. as long as you're a fan long enough, oop, as long as you're a fan uh, long enough, um, that just, like, won't bother you, because it's not, it's not actually, uh, uh, it's not actually a big deal, it's just, like, party, like, this is a, a bit of a tangent, but I promise this relates to what I'm about to tell you. Um, so, like, if you ever wonder why, like, anime fans will, like, insist on things like Lolicon and, like, Shotokan instead of what it actually is, which is just, like, pedophilia, <laughs> it's just because, like, Lolicon and Shotokan is just, like, an anime in-joke that you get, and you kind of sidestep the entire issue of, like, okay, a lot of these shows, like, have bad relationships with minors, and they participate in cultures that... Ex- that exploit minors. Shouldn't we do something about that? Anyway, um, my first anime that I ever watched was actually in late 2018. It I was had, like this. Oh yeah, it was very late. Yeah, um, I had uh, before then. I had like been in like anime adjacent spaces, and I mean like, you were my friends friend group with in me. high school. Yeah, I was friends with Ragavut. If it wasn't for Ragba, I wouldn't be here. So I was friends with Ragba. So and now I was you know who's really responsible. No, true. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, I'll, I'll totally give you that. Oh no. Um, 
<laughs> no. Yeah, carry on. Carry because on. It, because if if also if it wasn't for you, like I wouldn't have started writing. I would have just like kept it all in my head. But um, yeah. I mean, I, I I will gladly take responsibility for pressuring you over several like um several weeks to like actually write that goddamn shield hero essay yeah yeah it was it turned out to be such a good idea i love it i love doing this but um i remember in high school you talking about like legend of galactic heroes and how we should watch it together and i was like yeah okay oh yeah 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 yeah, it was like right at the tail end of high school, right? Mm-hmm. I think like either directly before or directly after we graduated. Because up until that point, you had been the sort of like, I'm not really into anime sort of guy. Yeah. And I was like, wait, we could watch Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Because I know you don't really like anime, but this seems like the sort of thing you would enjoy. I've been meaning to watch it forever, but I'm bad mm-hmm. at things. I was actually really good at watching anime back in high school. I watched like a ton of things, and then like once I graduated, I just kind of realized that doing yeah, a like bunch a of anime was like not worth my time, that I could instead mm-hmm. spend it doing other things. It's not really the point. Yeah, and so uh, essentially, uh, what happened in late 2018. Uh, was so I I was I was like sort of generally aware of like anime culture, but I hadn't like sat down and like watched anime. Um, and so basically, I was in a conversation with a couple of people in my dorm, and they wanted to make like a spoof, like a like a like a spoof film featuring ourselves as characters um, in the film. Um, and people wanted to they wanted two things. They wanted it to have like an actual story. And they wanted it to be like an anime parody. Um, But I was, even though I hadn't seen anime, I was A, like the best writer, and B, um, the only person who even vaguely knew things about anime culture that were like accurate. So like they would like say stuff and I would like kind of like take their ideas and kind of like push them to be like stories that are actually workable and they like them so much and they're like since you're a writer and the only weeb here you should actually write the script for it and i was like Haha, sure and i was like crap i'm not a weeb <laughs> am i <laughs> so i sat down i was like okay what's what's the basic anime um my hero academia uh, so i watched that uh, I didn't really like the first season. Second season, I liked much more. Um, then I was like, cool, what else? Kill a Kill? I heard Digine liked that. Um, so I watched Kill a Kill. Um, liked it. <laughs> and I was like, I, uh, what, I, I, I think, what was the first thing I texted you? It was something like, oh, I just watched My Hero Academia. <laughs> in like december 2018 and it was like me who was like you watched an anime and i was like i know right (laughs) i'm shocked myself and then Um, two years later we ended up here (laughs) we did uh i i remember i i won't get into it as much as i did um the first time we recorded this but uh I think one of my one of my favorite interactions. I think it's my second favorite interaction. My first favorite interaction is um, with that Septile fanfic, but we don't actually have to talk about. That. 
can't just say that. You can't just say that. You have to leave that in. We have to. We have to cut it. No, we can't. There's no way that's okay to cut that. Holy shit. Wait, why did that happen? Um, I have no idea. I was just thinking about it. No, no, no. no. I was, I was like, how did you watch that? And, like, what got, like, what was the sequence of events that led up to you (laughs) being sucked out? I have no idea. I remember that it happened. My phone background is still septile in a bathing suit. <laughs> I'm oh, going to perfect. I'm going to screenshot it and send it to you and then okay. Bo will put it in the video so that all okay, of sure. you can judge me. Um sure. <laughs> so my lock screen uh, my lock screen is hay from darker than black, mm-hmm. and um, naturally, naturally, my uh, window is septile. <laughs> um, oh, that was such a wild ride. Oh, that was that was precious. <laughs> it was absolutely fucking poggers. <laughs> I, I know we were oh, about man. to, like, eventually get around to talking about Darker Than Black, but do we want to, like, briefly talk about that time someone tried to claim Poggers was racist? Well, like, oh, someone yeah, tried to sure. claim that woke people were trying to claim Poggers was racist? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll I'll finish this thought first, because we were derailed by the septile. But basically, um, the, the second, my second favorite interaction that I've had with Rockman was um, them asking me, um, have you have you regretted, um, like, falling into the rabbit hole of anime yet? And I said, no, I'm having a good time. I like animation. I <laughs> They just said it to me. <laughs> I actually, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to uh, find the artist credit for that. Yeah, sure thing. Uh, but they asked me, um, they asked me if I regretted it, and I said no because I really like animation, and like the only like Western animation stuff that we have um, is like Cartoon Network and Disney XD, and so I basically only to get my animation fixed at the time. Basically, all I had was, like, Star vs. Forces of Evil, which, eh, and Steven Universe, which, alright, but, you know, eh. But there was, like, so much, like, variety and intrigue in anime, like, like a whole genre of, like, animated content that, like, like did things that, um, I don't want to fall into the same trap, like, the Orientalist trap that we were just talking about, but, like, just, like, it's, it's like, a bigger industry in Japan than it is here in the States, so I was very happy about that. And they were like, okay, that's cool. And the reason why it's my second favorite interaction with them, because immediately after, I watched The Rising of the Shield Hero. And, like, the rest is history. Because <laughs> that pissed me off so much. I actually birthed an entire um, essay persona into existence. 
Um, mm. Okay. Poggers. <laughs> what a transition. What a transition. What a transition. Like, I like that we had, like, the first thing. And mm. then, um... Uh, we had our first recording, and then my mic cut out. Yeah. And then, um, now we have the second recording. And it's impressive how different the vibes are. Yeah, like, we're still vibing, but, like... <laughs> The vibes are different, and I and I appreciate that. So, um, with uh, with Poggers, there's this account um, that only has okay, like found, one post. I found the link. I found the link. Okay, cool. It's it, it it's by someone who whose profile is literally like Jukai in 2015. Okay. They really like Sceptile, huh? Sceptile's a cool Pokemon. Look, I'm not gonna I'm not I mean, gonna diss Sceptile. It's it's my favorite Pokemon, and that's why that's my lock screen. <laughs> <laughs> but um Yeah, so there's this account that's like uh they posted recently like a whole thread on how like uh, Pog Poggers is racist uh, because it's like it's like yellow face, um, and Ooh, this is actually probably good for a deeper conversation about what uh, digital blackface or and or digital yellow face actually ends up meaning, and then eventually we will get to dark and black, okay. if only yeah, out yeah, of yeah. necessity exactly. at this point. <laughs> Sure. Um, so, um, yeah. So what? So what they were saying? Um, it was this whole thread, and it used like kind of woke sounding language to like um, talk about how like Poggers is racist because um, uh, like it was used uh, in like a racist context on Twitch for like Pog or whatever, and uh, because of that. Uh, if you must use an emoji, please use an emoji of your own race only, right? Um, the thing about it is that if you're actually like, um, you know what? Fuck it. I'm using woke unironically. If you're actually woke, because I'm reclaiming woke from like fragile white people who think like woke means, I, I don't know, whatever bad thing that reactionaries think of. Woke actually just means like you're aware of like systemic oppression. And I'm aware of systemic oppression because I'm looking for it. And I'm not, like, trying to be willfully ignorant up here. Right, okay? So, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, but anyway, like, people who are actually woke read this thread and they're like, this is fucking bullshit. This is not how any of this works. Right. Um, besides the fact that they got, like, basic things wrong about, like, the origins of PogChamp um, and Poggers, like, the emote, like, things that you could, like, Google and find it um they also as we'll talk about they deeply misunderstood what people mean when they say like digital yellow face and digital blackface um the point of like online anti-racism because like the big meme for the right is that uh anti-racist wants to let they want segregation again right 
So of course, when they're parroting us, they're gonna be like, "Oh, uh, they wants to res- they want to stop white people from using emojis that are not of their race ever, right?" And it's and but like, it's not. That's not really what people. Okay, that's not what we mean when we say like digital blackface. What the, right. digital blackface can be a couple of things. Um, I think uh, Aurora, who I respect very much, and she's a wonderful person, and actually mm-hmm. going to ask her if she's okay with us quoting it, uh, her here, but. I think her, yeah, her, her, what she posted a while ago, the server we're in is, um, which I think sums it up pretty well is the general theory slash idea is that popular gifts of black people often reinforce certain caricatures and stereotypes of black people. Yes, queens and strong black women, for example. And there's been some mm-hmm. research, largely by black, by black women, that links to the popularity of certain gifts to minstrelsy. And that white people generally use gifts of black people for cool factor. Also, data around certain given meme usage shows that very few black people use certain gifts, memes, or images of black people, but that the vast popularity of it is because of white people using the image. Thus, the don't use black gifts if you're not black is an attempt to reclaim power in how black people wish to be viewed online, whether in gif or, or meme through awareness. This extends further out globally because countries without a large black population, people are first introduced to what black people are like through given meme online and other media. Thus, the ways in which black people are caricatured online often leads those people to have a completely unreal and often deeply stereotyped idea of black people. This issue is also unfortunately one that's been one of those situations where a black woman did the work and white people started parroting it for clout. Um, and I think she said it better than I could there. Uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's very smart. (laughs) Yeah. But I just, like, as you can see, like, the issue is not, like, oppressing white people by telling you what, what gifts you can or can't use, like, just because. Um, there's actually a very nuanced and complicated problem, which is that some specific uses of um of gifts of people of color are used to reinforce stereotypes and as such we should maybe be more careful about it um and a general rule of thumb could be something that looks like that but that's very different than just saying like like on mass never do it because it's always racist right like um, poggers using poggers as an emote isn't like strictly yell like it, it it doesn't have that history of of you would have of to like analyze characters you, like you'd have to look at the history of podcasts. power dynamics you have to analyze the data yeah. or um stereotypes are being enforced right does anyone look at pog trip and go well this is like pushing a narrative about Asian people. I mean, maybe, but that's something worth looking into. By contrast, if we look at, like, all of those Yas queens, right, like, that is very much pushing forward um, a stereotype of black people. Yeah. Or, like, um, 
like a lot of the memes that kind of use uh, AAVE rather liberally, or like the worst example of this, um, I think at least before they actually clamped down on it, it used to be like Black People Twitter, um, the subreddit, and Black People Twitter was really just white people kind of saying, haha, isn't it funny how black people talk like this? And mm-hmm. like saying the N-word undercover of this and that. Um, mm-hmm. And then eventually um, what the mods decided to do was you could send them a picture of uh, your forearm to like prove that you were black. And then you would get like a special status. And then for threads that were kind of controversial, they just locked them down and make them black people only. Um and this like infuriated the fuck out of white redditors. Like they were they were seething over the idea that a subreddit would like enforce those standards. Isn't it racist? Isn't it segregation? Isn't it this? Isn't that? But the thing is, it worked. Black people Twitter has been a much better subreddit ever since that change was instituted. So it's like, it's the same thing with the though, with the whole think... like digital blackface thing. It's like well, you can hand ring and whinge all you want. But there's a specific problem that exists, and there's a specific solution that exists. On that note, I do want to comment um, because I don't know. Well, I don't. I want to admit that I don't, don't know too too much about like where people stand on this, but I do know that like uh, there are some ways in which you know send a picture of yourself to prove your ex can mm-hmm. lead to oh yeah it can keeping like especially yeah, yeah 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 i know this happens a lot with like trans people if you mm-hmm. want if it's like if you have like a women only space on a server and they're like well you need mm-hmm. to send like a picture of yourself to prove you're a woman or like a sound of your voice like that has its uh, own implications yeah. But that's not really the point we're making. I just felt it was important to bring it up. Oh, no, no. Yeah, that, that's important to bring up, too. Uh, because I think they're... Um, I, I'm not saying that what Black People uh, Twitter did was, like, completely unproblematic or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I am saying is that there are cultural issues where um, there's a problem and then where marginalized people try to implement some solution mm-hmm. that's maybe flawed in its own way. But it is a genuine attempt to fix a genuine problem. And then what yeah, people yeah. will do is they'll hop onto the solution, uh, ignore the, that the problem exists, and like straw man that solution out of proportion, and then start whining about like irrelevant bullshit. Right. Um, and that's kind of to go back to uh, Pogger's girl, uh, girl in quotes. It was definitely just like some white neckbeard on 4chan, but <laughs> I can't. I don't really have the proof of whether, who it was or not. Um, they presented themselves as a girl when they did this trolling attempt. But um, that's kind of what Pogger's person did, basically. Um, they took all the nuance out of like an existing problem, and then they took the solution that sounds, uh, that sounds ridiculous, unless you actually know the context behind it, and they spun it up, and now they created the perfect caricature uh, for, for right-wingers to latch onto and be like, uh, isn't it, isn't it wild that uh, all the SJWs believe this? And in fact, to bring it full circle, Hiro Hey indeed does have a video on his channel about exactly that. So <laughs> there you go, like an obvious troll. So really, effect. what I'm reading is that like about you spent about fifty minutes 
and we haven't even talked about my boy, Hey, the actual Hey, and not Hero Hey, the blasphemer who tarnished my boy's name. Exactly. Let's, let's than, launch into let's launch into Hero into Hey Black. has tarnished Hey's name more than all of Dark and the Black season two, and that's saying something. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think when we were, when there was that meme going around about, um, explain your favorite anime poorly, I, uh, explained Dragon and Black by saying, uh, uh, Guy has existential crisis over whether or not he is a murderer, which I think is not an acceptable, uh, bad summary. I think the current bad summary I would use is, most of the episodes aren't really about the protagonist except for the last few. Um, I think that works in its favor. Um, Darker Than Black is a show I always have trouble summarizing because I feel like I, I never know how to talk about plot summaries and these sorts of things. It's very much a supernatural setting in a way that feels very grounded and realistic. Um, there are believable reasons and ways in which superpowered uh, people are kept uh, secret from normal people. Um, and I think what I really like is the way in which the show talks about what it means to be human, in a sense. It's very, I think, what it means to be human is a very difficult question to really sell a show on, because oftentimes you can, like, see that question presented, and sort of, like, that is a thinly veiled, like, form of anti-blackness. We see this a lot in, for example, Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness, where um, humanity is associated with whiteness uh, compared with the bestial Af uh, bestial quality of the African black people of that story. Um, but Dark and the Black's view of humanity is, I think, considerably more nuanced and more interesting, in which it sort of argues that everyone is worth saving and everyone matters. And I think the most fundamental way in which it argues this is by giving every single side character, every single character who has named the lines, a personality and a story. Um, Hay, in his free time, uh, lives as uh, undercover, effectively, as a university student in a dorm. And at first, the, his dorm mates are portrayed as loud and noisy, but later, like, we find out that they all, like, have stories and personalities and things going on with their lives. Um, and I think that's because Dark and Black is a show that fundamentally has a vested interest in telling those sorts of stories about people. Um, you might note I've told you basically nothing about the plot, but I feel like fundamentally that's what this show is to me. Yeah, I... I think that's a really good. Um, I think that's a really good summary of what I experienced watching Darker Black and like the absolute emotional devastation of some of the episodes. Yeah, just overall, 
It's got good action sequences. Um, it's got a soundtrack by Yoko Kano, which I really love. Hey, soundtrack slaps. Always sits as a believable character. The show is also very good at telling you sort of how it feels. Like early in the show, like in literally the first episode, we're told that dolls, which is a form of being in this world, have no free will and they can't feel emotions and they can't think. And then in the second episode, that's like thrown out the window. Mm. And we see this happen a lot of like a lot of these preconceived notions that these people don't deserve agency or that these people don't deserve autonomy turn out to mm. be false because dolls do have agency and they do have emotion and they do have autonomy and that should be respected. Right. Yeah. I think I've seen a lot because there's a lot of shows that do this thing where they like introduce like a like a humanoid species that's like, oh, it's human, but they have no feelings or emotions. They're just completely logical and okay with killing. And like Dark and Black like pretends to do it and then it you know it it subverts it because it it's like it has a thing or two to say about that whole idea. And I will always appreciate Dark and Black for that alone. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think in a lot, in a deeper sense, right, there's a lot of ways in which, uh, for example, oof. Now, here's the thing that I'm just thinking about now, which I need to rewatch the show to think about, but uh, a lot of times characters who are both and less are often used as parallels for neurodivergence. Oh yeah. Um, and usually, what this does is it dehumanizes them by portraying them as non-human. And I wonder: one, can that parallel be made in the context of Darker Than Black? And two, if the parallel can be made, is Darker Than Black saying that those uh, that neurodivergent people or people who process emotions in different ways than other people are, you know? deserving of the same care and compassion or does it fall into ableist tropes hmm. hmm well i needed a reason to rewatch the show yeah we need to like rewatch the show and actually like give it like a think because i think that's an interesting question you can let us know in the comments though if you've actually thought about this before um if you happen to have you can let us know but we could definitely use an excuse to rewatch uh, the one and only season of Darker and Black. <clears throat> so, um, we can if we want bring up one more thing, or we can end it. We're um, like an um, hour out. Um, ooh, ooh, I, I do have a few more things. Darker and Black has oh, yeah, sure. my favorite death scenes. Oh, anything yeah. I've ever seen. Oh yeah, yeah. It does yeah, yeah. not waste death. And I think it's very cool at that. Um, Darker Than Black has no glaring social issues I can remember. It's not like my Steins Gate recommendation where I have to be like, oh, by the way, watch out for the transphobia or watch out yeah. for the sexism. Like, she was actually like, just competently written. Um, there was only ever one season of Darker Than Black. If anybody tells you there was two seasons, run away. If someone tells you the problem with the second season was that hey wasn't as badass and not the fact that they made my boy into an abusive alcoholic who beats children 
also run away. Like, you just pretend that never happened. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm thinking of... <laughs> One day I'm we will also watch... Mask. <laughs> You're thinking of what now? Uh, because we were we were doing, like, the bad um, anime descriptions. <laughs> and I described Decadence as, like... <laughs> like girl gets a job as like a janitor and she wants to be an exterminator and you're like <laughs> that's like saying darker than black is guy wears a mask <laughs> so anyway um, guy oh, wears oh. mask is one of my favorite animals <laughs> yeah um uh, no, no. I had one more thing to say about it. We'll come to um, the one saving grace of Dark and Black season two, which I will now continue to go back to disavowing in just a moment, uh, mm. is that its opening was by Stereo Pony, and that introduced me to Stereo Pony. And Stereo Pony is a band I like. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh, we couldn't do this last time. But do we want to rapid fire um, Fall 2020? Or do we just want to stick to the good shows? Uh, I've only seen the good shows, so... Okay. So uh, we'll talk about the good shows, and then I'll rapid fire as many as I humanly can. I'm, I'm just going to talk about Jujutsu Kaisen here. Okay, um, sure. Jujutsu Kaisen is my anime of the year, not because I necessarily think it's the most well-crafted anime I've seen all year. I don't even know what I would answer to that question or how I would even begin answering it, but because the viewing experience of Jujutsu Kaisen has been my favorite viewing experience of the year, and I think mm-hmm. in that context, like especially since I, just in this past week, I've watched episodes of Jujutsu Kaisen to like de-stress from immensely like exhausting periods of work so i think for that reason alone like i have a great emotional connection to it um it's capable of being very clever and bringing up very interesting philosophical ideas which i could talk a lot about it has some of the best written characters my one big criticism of jujutsu kaisen that i don't see going away though is the gendered approach to its power in that Jujutsu Kaisen is capable of writing very interesting, strong characters and very interesting, comparatively weak characters. But the distribution of those characters is like strong characters like Yuji, uh, Gojo, and Na- Nanami Kento are all male, whereas weak characters, like diegetically weak characters like uh, Nobara, Maki, and Mai, female. Yeah. And that it... dynamic exists. And they're both well written, I won't deny it. But that doesn't change the differential. It feels a lot like it just fell into a shonen trap and that it really didn't have to. Yeah, there's definitely... I think in a lot of shonen, um, there's like a little bit of apprehension both in showing female characters getting hurt and the bigger thing, uh, showing female characters um, beating people up. Um, because there's kind of a perception that uh, if you have a woman getting beat up, well, and and this isn't entirely without merit, um, but there's a perception that if you have a woman getting beat up, then you're kind of like 
then that's kind of sexist. Well, it, and it can be sexist when you're using it for like torture porn. Which, yeah, when you're gratuitously constantly. Actually, I was kind of thinking about it. Steinskates does this a little bit with like just have a female character die over and over and over and over again, not for for to tell her story, but to tell the story of the man who suffers on her behalf. Right. That can definitely be, or just like you have a woman get like beaten or assaulted because if a man gets beaten or assaulted, it's even worse when it happens to a woman, right? Like, yeah. But that doesn't mean that no woman can ever be shown to be involved in hardship, right? Like, like that that sexism is is contextual. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's so that's the one thing. But like the bigger thing is that well, there's a worry that like. Well, I mean, I even think of it like there are shows I have had the misfortune of seeing that go so far as take a woman's suffering and eroticize it. And that's mm-hmm. very different from having a woman just be a combatant. Oh, yeah. Oh, that just reminds me of like the trial scene in Shield Hero where like they like torture her to like get her to confess to all her sins and like the entire time like like her like breast piece is like falling out and it's just it's one of the most god it's one of the most fucking disgusting things i've ever seen and the shield hero fans okay i won't i won't be on this for too long the shield hero fans were mad that it didn't go far enough because it was apparently worse in the source material they're fucking the shield hero fans are unhinged that's that's all i have to say about that um but yeah, but the other thing about uh, about the trap that's I think a little bit more insidious is the idea that like if you do show a woman that's like strong, then like a male audience won't like that character because um, it's like not a woman's place to be stronger than like a man, or it's like intimidating in a way to have like a woman have power over like your male lead or whatever. Um, and. Again, that's sort of true in the sense that, culturally speaking, we want men to be, like, over women, and it's, like, emasculating to be a man in a position where, like, a woman is stronger than you, and uh, there's kind of, like, okay, well, if there's, like, a super strong uh, girl in, like, the female cast, then that's, like, constantly emasculating for the viewer, I guess, if he wants to accept um, the absolute, like, batshit... uh, standards that we have <laughs> and not challenge them in any way then sure okay uh but if you do want to challenge them then like that's like absolute nonsense right like we should be able to have yeah. competent female characters and not like worry about them um yep in that sort of way okay uh so my thing is i've just i've watched too many anime this season i'm gonna cut back for next season um because it's it's actually kind of ridiculous uh admirable (laughs) um so some things to point out uh rapid fire uh king's raid is on quite honestly i i meme about it on twitter with like uh the 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 orc count (laughs) did we did we end up explaining the orc count on cwt not on cwt uh, we explained it in our Discord live uh, in our Discord live stream. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah yeah! Oh yeah yeah! Okay okay okay. Um, 
But uh, yeah, so uh, for some of you who will be unaware, um, uh, the orc count is basically uh, me and Ragva were watching uh, King's Raid to kind of because we were we were it was kind of on our radar for a potential like uh, fascist bait. Uh, luckily, I don't think it actually ended up being so, um, but it was on our radar. So we watched the first couple episodes, and then there was like this one episode where like describing the history of the world, and they talked about like. Uh, the humans, uh, the dark elves, uh, the regular elves, and the orcs, and how they all work together to defeat the Dark Lord. But we never saw the orcs. And it was weird. They would like they would be like, blah, 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 and then created they, they an alliance talked, with the elves. They talked about the elves, and then they showed the elves. And they talked and, about the orcs, and then they showed more elves. It was yeah, and so Ragwa was like, wait... Why aren't there Oryx? And I was like, what? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, there's like no Oryx. <laughs> and I was like, wait, 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 go back, go back, go back. Uh, so we went back and there were no Oryx. And so I tweeted like, <laughs> where are the Oryx? <laughs> and then we, we we watched the rest of the episode waiting for an Oryx. And we didn't well, see a I single I think orc. I was like, we're going to watch this episode. There are going to be no Oryx. And, and I, I was like, like nah, 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 at, no that, at that point, I was honestly legitimately expecting there to be Oryx on the next episode. Mm-hmm. And I think we're like three to four episodes from that point, and there still yeah, haven't been orcs. I think even more, and there there still hasn't been a single orc. Um, so I mean, every once in a while, my my Twitter profile will be like either like orc catcher or like hunting for orcs or something, and I'll like post another thread about like this time there will be orcs, and there's never any orcs. Um, so it's that's a very, very weird fun. thing to not have. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very I, I mean, like no one would care if like they just never said there were orcs, but they said There's they were orcs, and then and still, I get and, and it's weird because like it's one of those like European fantasy settings like without any like dark skin characters either. So I wonder if like they hid the orcs because the orcs are like horribly racist or something. <laughs> That's like my current. <laughs> Oh no. Like, we're gonna see the Oryx, and it's gonna be like oh, Terraformers no. Part 2 or something. <laughs> I have no idea. We're done. And I'm not gonna look at the, 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 the source material. I wanna be surprised about the Oryx. But, um, aside from the absolute meme that is the Orc account, uh, King's Raid is a very boring show. It's not worth it. If it was not for the Orc account, I would have just dropped it. Um, so there's that. But is it uh, getting those clicks, though? Um, the, the Oric Count threads do surprisingly well. <laughs> oh, no. Like, when I was... <laughs> oh, no. Like, I, I know... Oh, uh, no. Um, like, I was, I was like, I was surprised, like, when I was talking to Soviet, and he was like, oh, yeah, I saw your Oric Count threads. I was like, really? <laughs> um... But yeah, they they do pretty well. Um, what else? Uh, ooh, um, I watched, and we've yet to watch this together, but we should. Um, by recommendation, I watched um, Akudama Drive, uh, and it is pretty good. Um, I I think uh, because Rog and I have like three good shows, I'm pretty sure. If we watched Akudama Drive together, we'd have a fourth good show. It's like not as talked about as, as some of the other stuff, which is interesting to me. Because it's, it's just like. I find it interesting that it exists and is by Ushikoishi. Mm-hmm. 
um, Ichigoshi, of course, being Kotaro Ichigoshi, uh, who wrote Nine Hours, Nine Persons, Nine Doors, Virtue's Last Reward, and Zero Time Dilemma, and now AI the Synonym Files, all of which I think are pretty good. Right. Um, it's a it's a cyberpunk story, uh, and as uh, cyberpunk by definition is like ca- like capitalism on steroids, um, and there's there's basically two directions that you can go with cyberpunk. You can go with um, '80s Reagan war on crime shit, which is basically like uh, the criminals have overrun society, and uh, we need a strong authoritarian hand to clean up these streets. And also the foreigners are out competing us. Um, and then there's also like uh, the the socialism cyberpunk, which is uh, we got this way because capitalism screwed us over, and we should stop doing capitalism, please. Um, Akudama Drive, uh, it's it's definitely more on the socialist side than it is on the Reagan side, which is good. Um, I'm a little bit skeptical. Uh, it's hard to explain without like getting into spoilers, but I'm a little bit skeptical in. So basically, uh, it follows a group of criminals and their kind of opposition uh, to hyper-militarized police that does public execution of said criminals to, like, keep them off the streets. And there's a little bit, like, there are some sympathetic characters on the cop side, but, like, the cops are definitely the bad guys, which is a good thing. Um, I'm skeptical because a lot of the people on the criminal side are just, like, evil like there's a dude who just like who's definitely like suffering from mental illness who just like kills people because it's fun Um, and there's just other people who are just like who just kill people for no reason and um if it were not that the story frames them sympathetically you could almost understand why there is a police force if the criminals just go out and commit crime because it's fun, right? I would have much preferred the criminals are for. And then, by the way, some criminal, some of the criminals in the show are like this. But if it was more, if it was made more clear that the people commit crimes because of the socioeconomic system that the police defend, and thus it's the police that are the problem and not like the inherent uh, violence of the criminals, then it would be a much better show. But it's still very good. Um, that's that's the uh, that's where my head is at with it. Uh, we have to watch it together. Um, I think we'd have more thoughts if we put our brains together. We would, but also we need time. Well, yeah. <laughs> imagine how nice it would be if we could just like take a day off and do nothing but watch anime. Oh, that would be so great. Uh, soon. 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 Hopefully. Uh, I guess I'll do one or two more. Uh, I don't have anything new on Moriarty because we're really behind on it. Yeah, yeah that's entirely uh, my bad. Just finance. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've got him next week too. So, um, we've got goodness. I haven't watched more Nana. What have I been wasting my time with? Oh, I guess I wa- I like caught up on Sigrifa for like no reason. Warlords of? It's like it's the it's the show that uh, the 
the author of uh, ReZero um, had like a heavy hand in making. Um, it. Listen, I'm just here because a lot of people said the show was going to be like really, really, really good because it was written by the person who wrote ReZero, which uh, they claim is good. But it's actually kind of disappointing, and I just feel um, superior to other people because I've just never liked ReZero. Um, but in all honesty, it's just kind of, it's just kind of okay. Um, and by kind of okay, I don't mean passable. I mean kind of okay, as in uh, you can you can skip it. Uh, there's there's supposed to be like a war happening, um, and there's like. There's a war that only uh, cute uh, teenage girls in World War II fighter planes can fix um, because uh-huh. reasons. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I guess the weird thing about it is that there, okay, so there are these pillars that are, like, erected across the world that, like, terraform and they're, like, monsters that come out that, like, uh, kill lots of people. So, like, all of Europe, basically has had to, like, flee into Asia because of these pillars, right? Um, These pillars are, like, a menace to humanity. Um, They kill untold amounts of people. And so you would think that a show about the people who fight the pillars on behalf of humanity would, like, focus on the relationship between, like, the soldiers and, like, the civilians, right? Is it purely, like, a protective relationship? Is there, like, an abuse of power going on? At the very least... If you don't want to focus on any of that societal shit, how does it feel to be a soldier and to have the weight of the world and, like, the protection of millions of, like, powerless people in your hands? Um, The show does not find any of these things interesting, and it just refuses to talk about them. (laughs) Instead, it will do, like, fucking weird, like, meta swimsuit hijinks and then... And then sometimes it'll, it'll talk a lot about how the characters feel about each other. But all the characters are child soldiers. It'll never talk about, like, okay, what about, like, the other people who, like, exist in this world, right? And that's just... <laughs> it's not it's not unsurprising coming from the person who wrote ReZero, because ReZero does, like, the exact same thing. <laughs> like, you've seen my felt video, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's like a problem he has. Um, gosh... Do I do one more? Oh, yeah. Fire Force real quick, and then we're over. Fire Force, um, I was kind of excited because I thought Fire Force was going to do an anti-capitalism. And then it, like, didn't. There was, like, a there was like a corporation that, like, employs 72% of this empire, and they have, like, shady connections with, like, people in power and stuff like that. And it was like, ooh, is it is it going to, like, criticize, like, corporate hegemony and power? Uh, but then it turned out the corporation just had, like, nothing to do with it whatsoever and yeah they're a shady corporation but they're not like explicitly connected with the bad guys i think it was like well uh our corporation is so large that of course some of our people will be affiliated with the bad guys you can't blame us and they're like yeah that makes sense (laughs) and so when that was the end of that arc i was like okay (laughs) bye Why am I here? It was building up to it, and it just... Okay. Um, I think that's about... If we went down every single show that I was loosely keeping up with, our last crusade rips off fate. 
That's all. <laughs> like, if we did every single show, we'd be here forever. Wait, but... it rips off Fate? Oh, yeah. Um, it I was sounded, watching it. I thought it was just ripping off Sword Art Online. It's also ripping off Fate? Yeah, like, like big time. Um, I, I have to show you some of, like, the latter episodes. But, like, um, I, I haven't seen Fate, so I can't, like, explain it to you too 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 well but like one of the side characters is like named the same and like a lot of the character dynamics are named the same uh some of the fight scenes are like the same uh there's like an antagonist that's very very similar uh yeah it's 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 just fate again (laughs) you should just just watch fate instead don't watch our last crusade what (laughs) what are we doing (laughs) Um, yeah. Yeah. So I anyway, think if if hmm? the question was instead of anime of the year, manga of the year, the hmm. manga I started reading this year that I've been really into is Handyman Saito in Another World. Mm-hmm. I think that like after every after the dust has settled, and I've been thoroughly disappointed by the other one I was reading. <laughs> Mm. Um, well, only kind of, but whatever. Uh, after I got into a better mental state, I think Candyman Side Town in Another World is really cool, and it's got that great socialist undertones. Yeah, I've read a couple of chapters with you. It's like, it really holds up. I like it. Anyway. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, that being said, uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, keep an eye out for our own very special, uh, Darling into Franks episode coming, uh, sooner than it is right now, since we're recording this in the past for the people listening in the present. Uh, if you like this, uh, like we mentioned, make sure to uh, join our discord. Uh, if you would be so generous as to support us financially, you can with the Patreon link in the description. You can follow both of us on Twitter uh, you can look out for some of our other projects. Um, I've been slowly but surely chipping away at my 2020 backlog. Um, the goal uh, is definitely to get uh, Bullshit No Yusha 2.5, 3, and 4 out the door by the time 2020 ends, as well as a video on the Ethiopia conflict and uh, Misfitted Demon Academy, which... Uh, that essay is finally written. Thank you so much, Rocco, for reading it. <laughs> it's going to be very great when it's when it's edited and recorded and stuff. Um, that's all for me. Uh, if you have anything that's coming up on your end, uh, nothing soon. That's what I want to say. Eventually, I will be done with everything else I have to do, and I'll be able to focus more thoroughly on things. But for now, nothing right now. Well, uh, with that being said, I'm a black. My pronouns are he, him, and his. And I'm Agamemnon. My pronouns are anything other than he or she. And we'll see you soon. Uh, thanks so much for listening. <laughs>